Extravaganza. My name is Forrest Miller, the host of Movie Night Extravaganza. Tonight we are talking about a pretty fascinating movie. I think it's fascinating because I don't think any part of it sounds like it would be good when separately explained, but they work really well as a whole. I am talking, of course, about Michael Sinarski's 2021 directorial debut, Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. I'm looking for my pig. Nicholas Cage plays Rob, an Oregon truffle hunter who lives alone in the wilderness to shack with his beloved pig. Find troubles for a young entrepreneur named Amir, played by Alex Wolf. When Rob's pig is stolen in the middle of the night by tweakers, Rob must return to his past life in Portland to track her down and get her back in a vaguely John Wick-style thriller. At least that's what it's about on the surface. In reality, it's an allegory about the ways we deal with or avoid loss and grief. Nicholas Cage was lauded for his emotional and understated performance, which isn't always something he's known for. Ah! Somebody's gonna kill me, man! Oh, the fucking angus! Although he does have his moments in, in this movie. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat, and we are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. Okay, let's introduce the panel. We have Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal, and the front man for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, which is about to start touring next week. They're going to cities across the West Coast, including Las Vegas, multiple cities in California, including Oakland, Conan's hometown, Portland, where this movie takes place, Seattle, which apparently they do not like in this movie, uh, if you watch it, Missoula, Casper, and Denver. They have a bunch of bands playing with them, including McCluskey and the LA punk band Weirdos. Conan also has a new album on Bandcamp called Action Chief, Just the Solos. Jay Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them the Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. And finally, Ross Hurt. He is a self-described tone thrower in Burial Waves, hosts the Rigs of Dad podcast with past guest Ian Miller, and runs a super popular Rigs of Dad Instagram page. Okay, 
Okay. <laughs> You're muted. <laughs> oh, okay, indeed. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was like, okay, now what? Okay. Oh, it is. Okay, it is. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay, I'm muted. Hi, Forrest Miller here. <laughs> muted, muted man. The man who's okay. been silenced. The man who's been canceled. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Self out of control. This yes. Can, this cancel. <laughs> out of control. Uh, well done. That was uh, that was very professional sounding. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I'm thrilled because. Uh, at the intro of my uh, podcast, whenever I do a movie episode, I also include clips from the movie Deadfall uh, starring Nicolas Cage. And I noticed that you uh, <laughs> threw some of those in. So I, I went through the uh, I went through the the entire uh, Nicolas Cage freaking out uh, montage. And I just picked the one that would that was that was most likely not going to get flagged. And I was right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's your, your, your choice of uh, curation is which one won't get flagged. And, and here I thought that was uh, Ross's. Um uh contract to have that in there <laughs> the, uh, the yeah, dead, yeah. Paul, dead paul sound bites yeah yes <laughs> it's very specific it's like it'll walk he's, he's not he's serious business <laughs> well thank it's you for having the me. bottom in the, in the fine print and you have to you have to really you have to check these contracts yeah they're really, really long captions the they're really yeah. long captions that's the, that's part of the deal I, I bury a lot of contractual information at the bottom of my <laughs> maximum limit captions that people complain about all the time well you just want to see uh, if people are paying the, attention it's like exactly. the van halen writer move yeah that's, that's the, the apple M &Ms. And of dad you know like <laughs> yeah the, exactly. the apple part of the contract <laughs> holy crap how did i not notice that wow okay i, I my active reading <laughs> skills need need work that's amazing <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, throwing all the tour dates up there, too. And you asked me earlier, Mike, are you going to like say them on air? Like that's going to take like as long as the plugs. Well, it took <laughs> longer than the plugs to uh, it was a nine minute to put that uh, together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I was not going to read that live and I wasn't going to like, I don't know. Wait I didn't. I like to just get through it. So I was like, the best way to get through that entire thing is just to read it beforehand. Yeah. And I also thought of at the last minute doing the uh, like throwing in Nicolas Cage freaking out clips. And I was like, how can I incorporate that somehow? And not do it so that I have to like, because it's so awkward to try to get it and then do it and then be like, hey, look at this bit. And then, yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, Ross, I'm trying to remember. Did it, it didn't start on Instagram. Did it start on Instagram, Riggs of Dad? I think that's, I saw the memes first, like disassociated from like any platform. But I'm trying to remember how I actually first saw it. Because it was like when you first started it. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, was that 20, 2016 or something like that? It, it started yeah. as Instagram. It, it started as um like a joke text thread uh oh yeah <laughs> that was just kind of going back and forth between like me and two of my buddies and uh then it, 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 i quickly <laughs> sort of uh ran wild with like all right i'm setting up an instagram page that is essentially uh rigs of doom which i love and andrew yeah. is a total sweetheart and uh i i was always a fan of that page and then i was like oh i'll just do rigs of dad and it's just yeah glamorizing man caves with marshall fridges amps and like all, all all that shit and it, it i don't know how it like turned into what it is but it, it, it kind of spun out of control at one point i have like i have like friends separate from this podcast that i noticed follow uh rigs of dad like as an instagram page that oh, have nice. um yeah so i like because i always look at like who follows the same you know like when we're having someone on and when we had ian on i looked and i was like yeah. oh shit like actually a few people i know actually uh are like in the in the large number of people here. <laughs> well, and it's great. It has life of its own. Like I've seen them sort of uh, 
be shared back to me. I'm like, I, I know, I yeah, got, I know who that is. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, I know it's great. <laughs> and they're like, isn't it funny? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it sure is. Do you follow the page? There's a page. Like, no, no, it came out, <laughs> it exploded from the head of Zeus, fully formed. Yes, there's a page. What did you think happened? What do you think memes come from, son? Anyway, I thought it was just a Reagan and some dads. I didn't know that there was a whole, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it was a whole it was, thing. It was and like branding. It was like uh, convoy, <laughs> except you know, with dads. Yeah, there, there, there was a, there was a weird moment. I think the the big one was there's a couple of the like the viral meme ones. Um, the main one, the one that I remember first was when uh, Maroon Five played the Super Bowl. I photoshopped the tattoo of the the Epiphone headstock <laughs> on his rib cage, and I posted I that. that. Yeah. And then people started texting that to me, like, "Have you seen this?" I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, like, I need yeah, it. They're, they're like, <laughs> I guess I have. And I would just, I would screen record me moving the like piece around where it's like, yeah, I literally made this. I'm like, no fucking way, man. Like, am I, I could curse on here, right? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, Nicholas yeah. Cage already did. He kind of, you know, uh, broke yeah, it down yeah. for us. Exactly. Nicholas Cage rolled out the fuck rod carpet. So, so you're good. Cool. All right. <laughs> I, I try not to from personal choice, but uh, I. But then the more I drink, how's that going? The more I curse. So terrible, terribly, yeah. fucking terrible. One might say, yeah. <laughs> I keep it out of the uh, lyrics. Uh, that I can do, but yeah, and conversation, especially when I get worked up. Like say when we, you know, talk about the royalty. <clears throat> oh, is there is there royal family news? I haven't. Uh, oh, yeah, I haven't I've, been, I've been offline. I've been real busy uh, with tour prep. Yeah, I hadn't noticed. I've been real busy it? reading cities for the last two days. I've just been reading the <laughs> names of cities uh, on the West Coast. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't. It's been forty-eight hours since I even, you know, looked at anything besides a map of the West Coast. Yeah, you're, I know. You're still producing from... that bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the clip from the uh, last uh, uh, after party, um, you know, certainly is uh, doing its rounds on Black Twitter right now. On <laughs> black twitter yes is it is it is that is this is this a joke is, no is that real that is oh, real really? okay yeah okay. yeah i haven't i haven't seen it well, well you're not you're as white, a white person dude. i guess you wouldn't would you? <laughs> wait they said and match yeah i i have a little inroads <laughs> to it so you know gr growing up in georgia you know i got uh I, i've been invited to the barbecue all right yeah, yeah. Okay. They never invited okay. him again, of course. No. But... Every, everybody, Andy has black friends. It's important to, for you to know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey, uh, I, this movie's awesome, man. I, I love Pig. Pig is there any movie quite like this? Like, I, I, I was trying to think about it. It's, it's, it kind of runs such an interesting, unique line. Uh, and to me, it's you know, people focus on yeah, John Wick for chefs and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but it's about loss. That's the big thing. Is this this is about like loss and grieving and moving on or not moving on, as the case may be. Or does he? Does does he come to some kind of terms where he's starting to move on? Yeah, I mean, well, that's 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 some of the question. But this movie blew me away, man. Like when I saw that, I, I was I was like, all right, Nicholas Cage getting up the hijinks. I don't know what's he up to now. There's a pig involved. All right, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I first watched this back to back with um, uh, the one he did where he he went to the. Uh, uh, to the Chuck E. Cheese to fight the uh, the animatronic robots. Uh, leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> no the other one. Oh, okay. Willie's uh, Wonderlander. Yeah, we're gonna Wonderlander. need to narrow it down. Yeah. yeah. 
He's been in a lot of fucking Chuck E. Cheese's getting in fights. Like, that's a yeah, regular he's, he's uh, Nicholas Cage occurrence. Yeah. No, and, and that one, uh, like, it's, it's an interesting performance in that one because he doesn't say any words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's, he's literally like completely speechless in the movie. Um, all he does is like drink soda, play pinball, and beat the crap out of animatronic, uh, satanically possessed robots. Yeah, sure. But I, I can't what think of another movie. I mean, I'm just saying. Like... I'd like the man to take us off track before Ross even got a chance to respond, though, Andy. You're, you're very <laughs> Oh, no, I, I was just gonna say, I can't think of another movie that, uh, you know, you said rug pull earlier a movie that was that big of a rug pull as far as what the trailer was and what the actual movie that i saw was i was completely pleasantly surprised because it was cannon fodder for like are they really trying to do a nicholas cage john wick but it's a pig instead of a dog and (laughs) it was it was the laughing stock of like his oh nick cage is just as crazy as ever and then it ends up being one of the most beautiful impactful movies i've seen in god knows how long it, it, it was like on the verge of being like morbius yeah yeah it was it was, <laughs> it was memed before don't don't judge a movie by the meme sort of thing yeah. you know and, and the funniest part about the whole thing is that he produced it like mm-hmm. this is a project that he actually found the financing for because you know it's a first time director he made the connections he, he like and i and i'll pull up the clip at some point but he's talking about um john John Krasinski, who now I guess the same director that directed this, he's having direct um, Quiet Place three or something like that, mm. like the the one that he's not directing. Spoiler alert! Wonder, it's still quiet. Yep. And it's still, <laughs> I, I wonder if it'll be down the road this time again. I was I gonna say maybe you can get a cameo. They they film they film that down the street from where he where he lives. Ross, that's <laughs> well, they filmed some of it, but the yeah. last two movies they've gone to the bridge. Well, you take enough pictures on that but, bridge, I would th- think that all of it yeah. would be there. Anyway, <laughs> the entire movie's um, on the bridge, no, right? So so he's got so about John, a bridge, really. John Krasinski quiet bridge. and uh, and Nicholas Cage, I guess, are really close friends. And um, ah. so he interviewed the cast for like a big uh, publication, and then hired the director because the, the movie emotionally resonated first with Nicolas Cage, and then uh, like emotionally resonated with John John Krasinski to the point where he was like crying in the theater while watching it. Um, and so he hired him like right off the bat as a second movie to do the third Quiet Place installment. <laughs> you know, it makes sense that they're friends because in the comic books, Ghost Rider is a part of the new Fantastic Four along with Wolverine and the Hulk. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Oh, there is. I, I might remember for the for the after party, but there's not going to be a better time to mention that uh, Chris, who does uh, our tour posters, first of all, made this awesome tour poster for McCluskey dates that we we're going to sell for money to people. It but is beautiful, really cool. He's also a comic capitalist artist. Conan over here selling and, selling. Uh, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> check oh, wow. out. He, he did like uh, one of those uh, like movie style posters for the Dark Phoenix saga for the comic. Yeah, that's actually it really was, awesome. Oh, that's great. Oh, the old, the old vintage yes. one. That's yeah, great. super vintage. Uh, like, um, uh, what is badge. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, grand design. Thank you. Yep, so, grand I, design. The Pisker thing. What's it called? We've talked about it like fifty times, but yeah, <laughs> like I got that as like a surprise with my. Oh my god, is everything gonna arrive in time? Like, and I'm like, oh, oh, how cute. <laughs> anyway, by the way, someone uh, has a someone has something in the background that's going like I've noticed. Is it me? No, I think it might be, it might it might be Ross. It's just a. It's I, have like a, a I have a lot of noise making devices back here, but none of them are on. That um, I don't have anything on. All right, I don't uh, know. Like, like I, I don't know. Thing. Wait. Let me um. Let me hold on. <laughs> Where's the noise coming from? That's band meme six six six. That's a different meme page entirely. <laughs> That's his whole thing. Where's the noise coming from? And you see this? Like checking the pedal chain. Yeah. <laughs> so I, wait, I, I don't think it's me because I still hear it when I mute. Yeah. 
It's a rival meme page. Hold on. Yeah, it's, it's Ross. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, first of all, first of all, how dare you? Secondly, get a noise gate. Everyone knows that. I, I, I literally, I literally wouldn't really care except that it's like it sounds like it sounds almost like a robot like singing, so I could keep getting distracted. <laughs> it's, it's like Twiggy from uh, Buck Rogers. <laughs> Is that better? No, I nope. still hear it. It's yeah, just... I, have, I have no idea what that could be. It could just be house noise, but uh, all right, well, yeah. right. some sort no, of. I'm just, I'm just imagining that Twiggy's like sitting at a uh, at a couch across uh, from you while you're podcasting. <laughs> I'm, I'm envisioning, envisioning one of Ross's memes come to life that is just advising him to get a compressor pedal. <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't know. It sounds, it sounds almost like the Aqua Boogie that, like, uh, <laughs> the voice that's, in the background was like. That's so weird. Like. When we were I staying in, in Louisville, the fan uh, in the room I was staying in, like it, like it wasn't properly mounted, so it kind of bounced around a little bit, and uh, it, it bounced, it bounced out a, to a rhythm that I later figured out while I was attempting to sleep was So I was like, "Why do I have Funky Town in my head?" I'm like, "Oh, it's the fan." Nobody believed me. Then I turned it on. I'm like, "Listen, let me take <laughs> you down to Funky Fan." Anyway, did, did, did um, you see somebody took the lyrics to Closer and uh, put it on uh, Funky Town? I did not see that. Oh, uh, was it Funky Town? I, um, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. They show like the musical notes of like the the or the stems of the song. Uh, no, no, they actually did like a whole video where it's just like you know, uh, let me take you to Closer to God. <laughs> This is this is, oh, after is, a, party is a mashup. Yeah, this is absolutely this is, after party material. This is, this is straight up after party material. I'm throwing an audible. I, I was just stalling to we can find out what the source of the noise was, which again is. All right, a band so I have I have this I have this to... fun uh this fun clip to play for. Yeah, get us back on track because because I'm off it. Us, yeah, we, we'll talk we'll talk in. about meme page rivalries later. After party. <laughs> I like working with Brandy. Brandy. Yeah. Brandy was very payment oriented. She liked to eat. I never got to act with the pig, no. It wasn't in contact, like you gotta be insane. I've plenty of them in the past, so there's a chance to try something different. Pig was 100% real pig, not even an acting pig. We actually could not afford an acting pig, so we just- An acting pig? Well, like a trained pig. There, there, are, there are trained acting pigs. The pig is nice. I'd say the pig wasn't- I love it. You're being pig phobic right now? No. You're no. being pig phobic? No, no. Let the record show. I love pig. This pig was a bit of a Hollywood pig. I met the pig, but uh, I didn't I didn't get to act exactly with a pig. We just found one on a farm and said, you are adorable and have a great personality. Would you like to be in our movie? And she said, oink. And, and so we, we went with it. I steal the pig. It's, it's in a sack. So we, you know, we couldn't put the pig in a sack. Good. That's good. You didn't do that. Randy was the main pig and was kind of a diva, but it, it was okay. We we got past it. Here's the thing. Randy liked it when people played hard to get. Everybody would try and be friends with Randy, and she scoffed. And I said, eh, you know what? I'm not gonna do anything with this pig. And uh, the pig ended up liking me. So that's that's my style. If I needed to get her to go and hit her marks, some food would be put down. If I needed a soulful expression. I put some camera behind a, a carrot behind the camera, and she would look at the carrot, and it was surprised with blood. You were her acting coach. It was her, yeah. That, I, the carrot made her look at me with love. It is becoming a problem. People are getting mad that I'm talking shit about Brandy, but at the same time, it's like, come on, Brandy. Because you know what? Who's talking for Brandy? Who's talking for Brandy? 
You are roasting me. You're roasting, so really? 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 You're gonna use the word roasting? I'm so sorry. You're sizzling. Are you? You're bacon. Oh. Ah, I can't. I'm sorry. You know what? This is a really meaty conversation. Put me in the. You've got, no, you've yeah. got beef with Brandon. You know, sometimes I, I, I'm tough on this show for kind of, you know, going on the rays we go. And then I look at something like that. I'm like, we're fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I was we're at least entertaining. I feel like they were making that eye contact. They might have hooked up after that. I don't know. They were, I, you know, they were really getting into that vibe. <laughs> they, they really seem to be having a good time up there, as we say in the biz. Saw you up there. Looks like you were having a great time. That's what you say when you don't think a band's any good. It made me want to see a Nicolas Cage um, uh, type of movie like uh, the unbearable massive, uh, uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, uh, but where Nicolas Cage is out with the pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be I like haven't watched both that. Movies. Is that. Is that good? good. It's. Fun. I, I watch it. I watch it on the plane, and I thought that was a perfect watching a movie on a plane sort of movie. Thank All right, I, I, uh... it, it's a plain watch. Yeah, it's a plain watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if I went to the theater, I would have been like, eh, I don't know. That's yeah, it doesn't hit the depths that this does, but it is. It is still a fun watch. Um, yeah, it's got some really funny moments, and it's definitely worth your time. But yeah. beyond was that, it, was it? Uh, was it kind of capitalizing on the fact that this movie was um, pretty successful? Like, because they were they were filmed back to back, right? Like. This is like the the Nicolas Cage comeback moment. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's the Nicolas Cage of it all. But other than that, I, I didn't really feel like the one was overly referential or anything. Yeah, like the, there was the there was the reconnaissance like a couple years ago, like when he did uh, was it Mud, and then <clears throat> like like people were like, oh, like Dallas Buyers Club, it's the reconnaissance. He's back, and I've been calling like there was the I called it the uh, True Reeve. Detective. Right. I, yeah, I called it the reformation era when uh, Keanu Reeves was having his comeback with John Wick and stuff. And I've been calling the recent Nick Cage one the Cage of Enlightenment because it's like it kind of started with me with Mandy. And then uh, like Pig is obviously phenomenal. Uh, yeah. But the, the unbearable weight of massive talent seemed to be riding on. It was kind of like the spectacle of the Cage of Enlightenment for me. But it. it it's another one of those rug pulls. The the trailer was like, oh, this could be really great. And then I saw it. I was like, this is kind of just like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, uh, <laughs> it had like Mrs. Doubtfire energy. So it, it really lost me and took me out of it. Well, I mean, it doesn't help that uh, that Nicholas Cage spent most of the time a drag with a British accent. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was the most surprising part to me. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I think it was like two clicks away from being a great movie, but it was an enjoyable movie. Mm. Is, 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 is how I would put it without invoking Mrs. Doubtfire. But you know, let, let, let me hear it. Let me hear someone do a Nicolas Cage, uh, you know, older British, older woman British accent. Oh, that I'm terrible with them. That, that, yeah. that, that's a that's Patreon content. If you want to hear me attempt that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's <laughs> save that for Patreon. Up. We could also pretend like with the Queen as Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, see, my my well, I'll tell the joke in the I, I had a joke formulated, but I'll tell it in the after party. Uh, that's similar to that, but um. Yeah, is it because so, Christina is in here? Why are we having a harder time staying on topic than normal? <laughs> I guess I wouldn't have expected that that was going to be the reason because she seems to get us off topic yeah. just as much as anyone. <laughs> and she, she got pigged today. I mean, she, she was kidnapped by animals. We call that a reverse pig. Actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I mean, right, so I, the, I like so I like the. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I so I wanted to start at the beginning with this because this is this guy's directorial debut. Uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? Have... This is, yeah. 
So I have him explaining where he got the idea from it. And I felt like that would be an interesting place to start the conversation. Of course, then we started the conversation and it's been 23 minutes, but um, yeah. (laughs) It do be like that sometimes. But this is cool. This is the uh, this is the interview they did with uh, John John Krasinski. I don't know why I can't say that, but I can't. It's your first movie out of the gates, and I don't mean this with any condescension, Michael. I hope it is all the jealousy that is intended to come out in my question. Is how the hell do you say? All right, I'm going to direct my first movie. How do you sit down, Vanessa? How do you guys both sit down and come up with this story? It had to be somewhat personal, somewhat spiritual. There was something going on for you guys to say, this is the story I want to tell and, and, and the particulars of it. So I would love to know where that comes from. I mean, I think there were stages to it, Michael, maybe you can speak to kind of the initial inception and then we can talk about how that evolved into all the trips we took and all of that. Yeah. I mean, it started, um, Vanessa had directed a documentary some years back. And after that, that's when we kind of, you know, that was our first real step into the industry. Um, and we knew we wanted to to move into fiction film. And and so it was just a question of kind of hunkering down and writing something that could be made on a small enough scale. Um, and I had this little like notepad document on my computer uh, where I keep some ideas. And I had a little idea that was just a man in the woods with his truffle pig. Um, and and I, that had been in there for, I think, a couple of years. And finally, I was like, let's let's unpack that and see why that seems meaningful to me. Um, and then it was just, you know, kind of a question of thinking about that, asking questions about that, talking with Vanessa about it. Um, and, you know, it, the, the, his history and the kind of world that he lived in quickly became apparent. The fact that food needed to be a part of it, the fact that Portland needed to be a part of it. Um, and then I think I was kind of at a place in my life um, where I, I had lost my dad when I was a kid and I was in my late 20s and kind of starting to process that grief in a different way and seeing how it had sort of shaped my life and, and the lives of my family members and kind of seen into this story as well and being kind of looked at how grief sort of builds up walls around different people in different ways. Um, so all that kind of swirled together. Uh, and then and then it was a question of just making it, which Vanessa can probably explain. Well, just even, even just prior to all of the trips that we took to Portland, where we really dug into the authenticity of the food scene and just this incredible naturalism of Portland, the texture of the space, just both within the restaurant scene, the the scenic scene, I mean, just literally the forests there are incredibly primordial, beautiful. There's a sense of, of realms in Oregon, like there's such a diversity of landscape and texture there that it just, it's it's so sort of right making it visually and cinematically. But prior to that, I think it was always the thematic intention that kind of drove the process for us. And I think in a way, John, even for you, you said you burst into tears in that moment. So much of that, I think, is rooted in what the initial intention of the film was, which was to tell this very true meditation on loss and trauma. And Michael and I always envisioned this film almost as a triptych, I think. And um, we have mm-hmm. sort of the three characters, Alex, we have Nick, uh, who played Rob, and then um, Adam Arkin the third in, in this kind of trifecta, um, being, playing Darius the father, and each one representing a, a very different, but very human response to loss. So you have sort of the, the nihilistic solipsism of, of Nick's character, Rob. You have kind of the, the sadism in a way of Adam Arkin's character. And then you have what feels almost a, a version of masochism of Amir. And so we, we always saw those three as being their own kind of portrait. And then our job was to weave that together into something compelling and, and meaningful. 
I was wondering who died. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad that question was answered because because that's what I was going in to that clip for. It's like who died? Okay, it was his father. Oh, oh, long, it was a long time ago. Oh, interesting. This is this is good stuff. Well, I mean, and and well, I don't think it was that long ago because I think he's only in his like late 20s or something. So. But it was like a long enough time ago, obviously, that was before he came up with this idea. But it's interesting to kind of find catharsis through your own art. And then the art in itself is a story about catharsis. I think that that's kind of a fascinating way to go into it. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know, like as someone that's tried to write screenplay is like, it's really hard to like, how much do you of yourself do you put into it? How much of what you're going through? Like, it has to have some kind of um, like truth at the center of it of something yeah. you're going through like you can't uh unless you're like really really good at writing to the point where you're like barton fink who can write about shit that like he has no idea of <laughs> you know like, give me that barton fink feeling exactly <laughs> <laughs> well but um, it's it's like loss that touches everyone right i mean yes. we've, we've, mm -hmm. we've talked about it both on and off air i mean i think there's been like a six or seven month period in the last two and a half years that i haven't lost someone and it's all been like people very close to me and, you know, that doesn't make me unique or special. In fact, as you get older, that happens more and more. But, uh, you know, who can't relate to that? And that not everybody grieves the same way. And sometimes there's certain types of freakouts that can happen, like, say, going <laughs> going feral with your pig and uh, just going off grid because just the weight of it all is just something you don't want to deal with. Which is also yeah. a very, I think, West Coast Portland kind of thing, too. Like, he's, you know, like to be aware enough to have gone through like the re that restaurant scene and like kind of be like uh like kind of cool but at the same time be like you know what i'm becoming a prepper and i'm gonna go into the woods with my pig right now and you're never gonna see me for 15 years like i feel like only in like the northeast or the northwest united states is that like a thing that you can really actually get away with yeah i, I, I mean it's, <clears throat> two, go ahead. Two, uh two things that struck me one i love how you know, the producer, the director, John Krasinski, all have like office background, and Nicolas Cage has like the vampire layer. Like, right, yeah, he's, he's hanging out and like he's lamping in the vampire. Yeah, yeah. This, I, the I club that. scene from uh, Blade or something. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love that little vibe. But um, the thing that like I, I, I read uh, from the director, you know, obviously, like what you're saying, you you inject certain parts of your personality because you, it's it's easy to relate to something. There's been such a you know, a wave of films that are quote unquote meditations on over the past couple of years, like meditation on grief is like the one that I think we've been seeing the most of probably since 2020, which totally makes sense. I think since 2016, everything that people have been unpacking, that makes sense. But oddly enough, I read that the director, the, the main nugget of uh, like inception of this thing was he was reading about truffle pig, uh, truffle pigs, and that the owners of the truffle pig, that, that what they would do is they would actually sit on their porch all night with a gun waiting because people would always try and steal their truffle pigs. And that was the kind of John Wick, uh, you know, revenge plot, you know, vehicle that launched yeah. this whole thing. And then it turned into uh, kind of a meditation of grief, being an outcast, uh, you know, being beat down by this industry. And it, uh, the food scene anywhere is cutthroat competitive but like portland in particular seems to be almost like uh the the kind of you know not the arrogance of like the 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 super snobby parts of restaurants and stuff like that but it's just on the fringes of that sort of thing so it's well, like yeah. a very i mean it's like a vibes based uh, economy almost you know what i mean like you go there and you want to experience something new like I, like hipsters go there like I, i've i've never been to portland i've been up to like 
Oregon, but only as like a, a, a tiny kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember the experience of going there, but like, um, I have friends that have gone there that have like acted like they're going to that air, like to that part of the United States to like find like hipster Mecca almost like that's I, I lived there for a little bit and, uh, I lived in Portland and there's actually like quite a few spots that, uh, they go to that in are in there. Movie. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, well, almost well, like uh, sorry to bother you for, for like Ian and I, where it's like, Oh, that's Oakland. Yeah, Oakland exactly. Oakland, that's there. I've been there. I used to live there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't, Ross. I didn't know uh, what your background was with it because I, I was just going to assume that I have had the most experience in Portland because I played there like a, like a million times over the years and like seen, including coming yep. up on, oh, yeah. <laughs> including <laughs> coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, but that also includes like watching the Portlandiafication sure. of Portland, and then also a lot of people don't remember when people there used for a while there was a, uh, a fleeing away of, of uh, Bay Area, San Francisco especially, and they people that went to portland it was indicative of a certain type of person mm. is the is the most diplomatic way that i will say that uh but the people that like went to portland because people got sick of their crap in <laughs> san francisco sure. and but it also was a place of opportunity for kind of uh you know we we talk about you know single single origin or uh, what is it, uh, organically grown like whatever, whatever all the buzzwords are like that it has become a joke, but that was something that Portland, especially amongst all the Pacific Northwest, really, really latched onto, which is why it's so great. That there's the scene where he goes to you know the restaurant to get the information, and he talks to his old uh, the the guy that used to work for him that he fired. Oh, you already see, yeah, yeah the, you already see scene. And like to watch that guy, like you know, realize who he is, and it has that kind of oh yeah, 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 and then he still has the fake smile going, and Nicholas Cage is like. Of just eviscerates him with truth, like utterly, and like it's just like <laughs> he's being disemboweled by the truth, and still like, ha -ha, yeah, yeah, I kind of want to do an English pub, and like it's, but it's so amazing because it's like you see, like that's, have you ever seen a person do that? I mean, obviously not that dramatically, but it's such a rare thing to be able to get, and the performance is so compelling because of that, and and it's like it's not even like that's his raison d'etre. He literally just wants to get the information, and it happens to be like, oh, also let me throw a truth bomb at you. Boom. Or like he's like I happen to recognize this guy because I you know like I I can kind of break this guy I think because it was a guy he like because he wants because yeah. he, he in, in in where he's at he asks nicely a couple times he's he's consistent but not dickish about it and then like he just he refuses to engage with him on that level so he's like okay let's do this then because I I'm <laughs> I'm not doing this to hurt you but like you know fine I need to get this information and I'm going to like. You basically do the equivalent of a John Wick, but verbally. Well, I, I, I did yeah. it with Andre John Wick. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the big the big themes about the movie as a whole, in terms of just the way the interactions between all the characters. It's <clears throat> you'd expect that scene to be a, a, a he's going to beat the shit out of this guy to get right. the information stuff, and the stuff he's saying isn't necessarily like he's, you know. I'm telling you this and I'm telling you this and, and everything of this sort. They're, they're listening. And like, that's, I think that's what the, the, the big thing with this whole movie is, is to process your grief, to process loss or to pro whether it's a loss of passion in the, the case of the chef from Eurydice, like Nicholas Cage isn't telling him anything. He's making the guy tell yeah. Nicholas Cage, Robin, tell me what's happening. And I, I, I say, pretty often one of my techniques where i used to deal with drunk people at the bar was i would just let them talk to me and then just repeat back to them like in an empathetic way what they're saying right. to me and they would eventually realize 
Jesus Christ, I sound like an idiot right now. And <laughs> that's that's kind of what he's sort of doing. Just like you yeah. gave up on your dreams. What were your dreams? I wanted to do this. And why'd you give up on that? And it's very therapeutic. And and you see that not just in this scene, and not to jump too far ahead or anything like that, but you, you see that at the end with, with, da with Darius, mm -hmm. with uh, mm -hmm. Amir's dad. Like it it's they're talking to each other and they're listening. And there's even the moment of just like, were you always like this? And it's like, yeah. were you? Like, yeah, and, that, and, that line really actually hit me hard last night when I was watching it. When he's like, he goes, were you? And then he's silent about it. Right. And because nemesis it, and it, heroes yeah. are all, all, often almost the same people, yep. you know, like they're, they're almost, they're almost identical beings. And I think that the chef the, at Eurydice's could have been Robin at one point. And, well, and I and, think Robin sees himself in that because he talked, um, you know, and, and there's a there's a um I'm, I'm gonna play this clip of them explaining uh shooting that scene but there's a moment in that scene that i noticed that i haven't like seen anybody uh comment on like online or something where they hold the glasses together. right before he drinks the glass of wine completely mm -hmm. um they hold the glass in the same way and they do it as a shot like a mirror as if he's looking into a mirror and this is uh, another version of himself you know what i mean like himself 15 years ago that's um, about to collapse because obviously um I, I think at least my reading of it right like you have to project your own uh read into some of the stuff because they don't really explain it that well but my read would be that his collapse or whatever in in portland came after obviously his wife died and he realized how hollow the entire restaurant industry has to be right like um so when he's talking to this guy and he's like you yeah that, that line where he's like we don't get a lot of things to really care about like He's talking to him in a way that he's like the one thing that i do care about that i figured out that i do is this pig and this life for myself you know what i mean like i'm finding it but like it's it's almost like he's talking to himself in a mirror 15 years ago or like re returning to the past i think so this is uh this is a a, a conversation where they're talking that about that scene in that line is where i knew like okay this is this is this is some real shit. real shit is happening right now yeah this, this is cinema right <laughs> now <laughs> the cc you know the chef finway scene this takes place at this restaurant called Eurydice and I mean it's that was kind of that scene was like 10 pages in the script and it was one of those scenes that um you know it was kind of if, if we could make that scene work we thought we could make the rest of the movie work and uh we shot it we had one day to shoot it we kind of shot it like a little play we pretty much did it in one long chunk and just ran it multiple times and the actors just did such an incredible job that they were willing and able to kind of keep that energy up and then that was one of the first scenes that the editor Brett cut together um, and and it was like we could watch that and say okay this scene actually in the edit is playing and it's really powerful if we can pull this off then then I think the rest of the movie is going to be okay um, so it was one of those you know it, it was it was sort of a linchpin scene of, of the whole film in a lot of ways and it's also kind of like a microcosm of the whole movie it goes through a lot of the humor and sadness and somberness and and identity stuff that kind of is is the entire film but encapsulated in this one conversation i want that underlying all of that is where you can you feel the electricity of nicholas cage and like the intensity of that growth so you are waiting for that moment where he just you know goes full nicholas cage or whatever the cultural association with that happens to be one other point i wanted to make about shooting that scene and this has really stayed with me. Um, so I remember talking to our cinematographer, Pat Scola, and on this particular day, like Michael said, we shot it all in this one location, this restaurant called Sauce Box. And it was a bordered by all of these windows. So you could really like the light from outside was a strong presence in the scene. And everyone was kind of relieved where it was like, okay, finally, we can just stay in one space. We're like indoors for the day. We have one day where we don't have to move around. And I was expressing that to Pat and he was a little 
he was a little hurt because he was like, yeah, we didn't move around, but this was actually one of the most challenging days for camera, for the camera department, because we were tasked to make the scene look like it took place within 10 minutes, even though we were shooting over the course of an entire day. So remember the natural light was changing every moment. And so they were scrambling to make it look like a seamless, continuous scene, which was an enormous task and one of the most challenging for that department in the entire shoot. So it was this really beautiful kind of look into how I think it's really important when making a film, you really understand the machinations of every Every single department and what it takes, what goes into making a moment like that, that may look from the outside so seamless, but it really takes the efforts of so many people working so hard. Um, so it was just a really kind of special moment of education, I think, for me even, um, you know, of, of just sort of looking behind the curtain uh, and seeing what it really takes to, to accomplish something like that. That is very true. Mm-hmm. But I also like that she's she's the more experienced one, and it seems like she's worked on like a couple documentaries. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he's obviously it's his, it's his first time, so she's the she's the one that has to like take charge and be like, I really learned though on the set that like, yeah, like I I think you're both you both do some like you just started doing this, which is cool. Like, which well, because really they wrote cool, it they but, wrote it together, yeah. right? If I remember correctly, yeah. like Vanessa Block, they they, they wrote it together. But yeah, it, it is. Well, it's like book smart. Right. Like how self-assured is that movie? It's like, that was her first movie. Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Uh, I mean, I actually have written on here that this is like around this time, the amount of directorial debuts, especially by women, is astounding how awesome the output is. Like Rose Glass for St. Maud. Uh, Saint I for- yeah. I forget yeah. The, uh, the woman's name who directed Censor, which is another very cool one. Like these people just did shorts. They did like a couple videos yeah. here there and it, to have like, I don't know if it was total final cut or anything like that, but like these these are very niche movies that like are not accessible to a lot of people, and they're to to dorks like us, magic. And thank God, Cat like it. like Cat they did not yeah. have like. <laughs> You know, Jerry Bruckheimer coming in and being like, here's how we're going to fix this thing. Like, yeah, the, we're going to zazz it up with some explosions. All right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, and, like, and what, what is Nicolas Cage running with a pig and an explosion behind him? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I thought it was going to yeah. be, honestly. When I said, I'm, I'm like, uh, all right, I'm yeah. into it. Gender and reveal like, oh, party no, style. Yes. I, I think I read earlier the budget. Yeah, the budget was $4 million. That's not, mm. that's barely anything to make For a movie. movie that they, is, they, yeah. they couldn't afford one explosion with that $4 million. <laughs> but like I guess we gotta have some kind of emotional catharsis. Like we can't afford right. to just have yeah, that's cheap. at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we can afford emotional catharsis. I mean, the, the one the one other thing about this scene that like this this scene like the director said it, it, for me it's the linchpin of the movie. It is the performances are just insane. But like <sighs> the uh, the fact that you know the, the small stuff the the mythological like references like calling it Eurydice's the fact that Eurydice was the wife that you know had passed away that uh, Orpheus tried to bring back from the dead by going to the river sticks and stuff like that. It, it, it is a hero's journey in that sort of way. And when I think of just like the fact that they're both trying to bring something back, the chef sits down and looks at Robin and goes, I thought you were, and then stops himself before he says, I thought you were dead, but he's yeah. looking at a guy who is still wearing open wounds on his face. Yeah, who's like literally that. bleeding from his face. It's such a great <laughs> fucking choice to be like, I just got beat up by the industry that beat me into yeah. hiding. And now I'm going to walk around and fucking wear it to show these people that this is what you're, you're in for. If you're not in it for the passion, what are you doing this for? It's, it's, yeah. It's and and there's movie. the, uh, 
there's the um the moment and i'm proud of nicholas cage for being able to pull this off because it's you know i don't know if i would have expected that he would have pulled this specific line off as well as he did when he goes uh <laughs> it's almost like nick nick offerman-esque when he's like uh the, the guy's like do you need medical attention he just goes no and then goes back to what he's doing like, <laughs> right, he didn't, like, oh, like that yeah. that line takes such an understated like yeah i'm here to get my pig back i don't give a fuck about like what's going on with you necessarily like obviously i'm going to give you advice but like I, I don't care enough to like need medical attention. Like I'm trying to get this pig right now and you're not listening to me. It's not, not a top <laughs> priority right then. Well, and I, 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 we'd be remiss not to allow Andy the uh, floor here to talk about the uh, chef fight club. Yes. Uh, thing, because it was a direct result of the chef fight club, which, which I, I I'm sorry. Like, like I, I'm like obsessed with that concept. I want the spinoff film. I want Gordon <laughs> Ramsay to show up and have like special powers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got it all worked well, real, out. My head. Real chefs, real chefs wouldn't be able to not hit back because of all the cocaine they do. Like, yeah. so you can, like I, I know so many fucking chefs. I've worked at restaurants. Like, I can't, I can't see any of the chefs that I've known getting punched in the face and not just being like going into full fucking coke rage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, there's so much anger in those uh, professional kitchens. Like, like a Fight Club makes sense. You know, how else are they gonna blow off some steam? Um, you know, what Baker Souffle or punch the goods lights out? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, either way. The, the actually, thing I actually, wait, shout out to the one of the like first chefs I worked at uh, during college. He uh, he's turned his he, he stopped to be like being a chef full time and turned it into a Twitch following. So good on him for that. He we, I actually yeah, see him out sometimes and we, and we talk about <laughs> we talk about streaming whenever I see him. It's a true success <laughs> story by any metric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing I love about that scene in particular for, for so many reasons is you know, I I've worked every aspect of restaurants and bars for two decades of my life. And you know, I I don't miss it, but like at the same time, I, I still have a fondness for it that is like, man, I, I, I could totally go back and do it this way if it if it was my way. But uh there's there's one thing that I always said to servers that got cocky or competent, and it was if they were like, oh, I'll get the whole order from the table without writing it down, and then they mm -hmm. send it to the kitchen. And we're not a fine dining restaurant, so I'd go up and be like, don't ever do that again. They're like, but I memorize it. I was like, I don't give a shit if you memorize it because you send it to the kitchen, and the kitchen fucks it up. Even though you did everything right, who are they going to blame? Are they going to yeah. blame the kitchen, or are they going to blame the server? So there's always this like weird unspoken sometimes very verbal and spoken tension between front of house and back of house the the servers the bartenders yeah. and the, the kitchen staff um <laughs> chef shout out <laughs> um that, but, that that's a that's a new spinoff actually it just shouts out chefs but to have a to have a fight club where it's front of house people literally yeah. beating on the chefs or anything of yeah. the sorts and like to to have an outlet of aggression where it's these people that are literally being beat up by karen's of every sort. I'm not sure if that term has been canceled yet, but Karen's of like restaurant. <laughs> Evergreen. It's the new, uh, it's the, the, the new uh, you know, actually yeah. tries to uh, yeah. say it's the, the new N word, but you know, yeah. the yeah. <laughs> but restaurant people get shit on nonstop, man. Like, like front of house, back house, they get shit on. To, so to have an outlet to take those frustrations out, it's almost like, it, 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 it to, probably should exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> honestly, you know? yeah. I, I, it doesn't, I, we're starting well, one in the comedy in this basement right now. <laughs> Yeah. I'm all for it. Well, <laughs> I think I think that in this, it's not a chef fight club. It's the customer. Yeah, the customers get to beat the sh them up, and it's how long that they can last. From what I've read, like it's supposed to be how long they can last really? getting beat up. Yeah. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was front of house beating up 
Uh, that's like, I, th- I thought exactly people. the same. I, yeah. What, yeah. I, what I read, what I read is that it's uh, what I read is, is how long that they, they take money for how long, and and it gets in the same conversation with value. Like, what's yeah. your value, right? Like your value. Oh, so how long you can can take it can survive in this industry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, just you know, for the like, you get money out of it, right? Like it's uh, blatantly transactional. So right. it's like. Uh, you know, you, like you get the shit beat out of you for a certain amount of time. You can sit there and you can just take it, and then you get the money. And it's like, how much is your value? I thought that that's that's the question that he was asking. That's why he didn't hit him back, right? Like, because you would expect that if it was a Fight Club, he would have gotten up. It, it's I think it's how long you can last getting beat up by these customers. Um, very much so. And is collapse. the money worth yeah. it? Yeah. And the the other no- thing to note, like living in Portland, uh, the restaurant they cross through to get down there is Cubers, uh, which is like really good if you want like spanish coffee they're famous for their spanish coffee or whatever it's like just crazy high alcohol coffee that they do a whole presentation for you should watch a youtube clip of them making the coffee it's pretty insane but um underneath portland and i think the hubers area but definitely like shanghai tunnel for sure there's a tunnel system all under portland oregon that not a lot of people know about and it all kind of meets up in that area of town so like i was kind of like oh that's the fucking tunnels like like that's awesome it's, i love it's it it's just like uh i mean they got the same thing in la which is the least likely place you think could be a day. the only movie i've ever seen even like sort of allude to it is under the silver lake and it's sort of like mm-hmm. more uh david yao's lair Stylized, <laughs> yeah exactly the lair of the yao yeah <laughs> and, and then and then you only got to be on that for you know uh, but, uh the first door of the underground <laughs> right exactly yeah. but it really does exist and on an off day of recording tony and i went down into it it was pretty sick and i was like hell yeah this is this is a good off day to like just be running around like secret tunnels like it looks like big trouble little china or something I'm like hell yeah this is awesome anyway thank you that's a story about tunnels <laughs> so i think that uh it's key though to understanding like how how all these guys operate and it's largely guys right but like like how they all deal with their vocation how they you know i, I think to the which i've never thought about this to, to be explicitly clear i've not ever worked in uh, service industry, and I've worked in a restaurant, et cetera, et cetera. I only worked one retail job was a record store, Tower Records, and it was like right out of high school for me. But I'm sensitive to it because you have to be, because in this world where people are <laughs> are absolutely horrific to anybody that like is, uh, you know, having to serve another person um, in a customer service capacity of any sort. I think back to like that show, The Bear, that like recent Hulu show, where like they make so a special good. point of calling, which is fantastic. Yeah. Unbelievable, and it makes yeah. a special point of like over and call each other chef because it's a term of respect. So no matter how mad you get at each other, you're still respecting each other. And I was like, oh, interesting. That is interesting. That's something that like really got me thinking because it was like, yeah, if you get dissed all the time, like you only hear from someone if someone is like, oh, Christ, what is it now? Like, oh, someone wants to talk to you. I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> Great. What now? Yeah. The, the the bear is like Oz and Pig is like Shawshank Redemption or Green Mile in terms of just like <laughs> the real gritty, harsh reality of it and then the like mystical take on it. Forrest, you know what to do. That's a clip. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah it's, I, I, where's the lie? Yeah. But going yeah. going going further into like this conversation about value, I think that the uh his dad, Amir's dad, right, sees him as a, as someone that can't make it in this industry, and he's like, he fucks him over to prove that he can't make it in the industry, pretty much. And then, obviously, like, spoiler alert: turn it off if you haven't seen it. The pig gets mishandled yeah. by the junkies, but that's not his like intention. And it, it seems like value comes up in this uh, film over and over again, and like mm-hmm. the realization that um, 
I mean, like even as far back as like the, you know, the restaurant he goes to and he's like, well, these people don't actually see you as people. They don't actually see you at all. Like this is just like kind of an aesthetic for them. Like they come in here and they want the food and they like, you know, they enjoy the food in the moment. But if you're not doing something you love, it's it's hollow. Like all of this is hollow. And I feel like the, the, the fight club scene is the most uh, is the most, um, I think, on the nose representation of that. Well, and you can apply it to other art forms, too. Right. Like you could do like some like a uh, hack hack work uh in in almost anything like you'd be like a band that like plays like just like predictable you know jive turkey music and uh you know maybe make a lot of money at it but are you really are you an artist can you really respect yourself you could you know be doing commercial art and just doing the hackiest bs possible and you know like you could be blues hammer or you could be uh you (laughs) You could be the blues hammer of your specific (laughs) art form and uh maybe it would pay well and the blues hammer at portland restaurants Yes, Attra- attractive women that you have nothing in common with, uh, you know, will we'll <laughs> eagerly extol your praises to see Buscemi. But, you know, it's it, it carries it carries as an art form. And that's that's where I personally get the most engagement out of any food stuff um, is when it's treated as an art form. So I think anyone that I think when there's movies about art, I think the style of the art shouldn't have to matter if it's a good movie about art. And this is a movie about art. I mean, it's a movie about loss too, but this is a movie about art for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, but there's and, the there's the um. Hold on, I'm I'm gonna pull up the the actual uh line that he says in it because there there is also like a a phony component to what the art actually is, right? Like he mm-hmm. confronts the the chef and um he makes the chef explain the truffle uh the the, the truffle situation to him, the deconstructed. Yeah, that's what it is. I always I always forget that term because I don't want to learn what that is. Um, but no, so he's talking to him in the actual, um, in the restaurant and he's like, uh, well, we're interested in taking local ingredients native to this region and deconstructing them, making the familiar feel foreign, thereby giving us an even greater appreciation of food as, as a whole. And I, I feel like some of this is forced, right? Like yeah, jerk off motion. Yeah. All right. Great. Sounds awesome. <laughs> and, and, but like, but, but I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like the study of food as a thing in a restaurant, like making you appreciate it more. Like it doesn't, it does you're, you're getting like a very, uh, a very douchey, uh, you know, experience out of it. But then you have something like, um, later in the movie where he makes the meal that, you know, uh, that, that, that Amir's father and, and mother had at that restaurant before she tried to take her, I'm assuming tried to take her life and then failed. Um, and, and he cries from it and you realize like, it's the authentic emotional experience of this, uh, moment in a restaurant that you can't force with like this, uh, this deconstructed, um, you know, like, uh, phony, like study of food kind of thing. Like it has to be something that actually comes from a core emotional thing. And, and I feel like that's kind of almost like a metaphor for this movie in some ways. Like, well, I, I, I think talking about art in particular, it's the same thing. That Do you want the painting as a whole or do you want the individual brushstrokes? The, all the brushstrokes are what make the painting. Do you want the full song and the full orchestration or do you want just the guitar solo and shit like that? And it, well, it's you can all... Get, like, going into <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I do have a record called just the solos. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but like, like I think that's, that's part of it. deconstructed. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> to, see the, to see the care and everything that he puts into every, you know, component of the last uh dish it is it is very pretentious uh and it, and it but it, it it very much fits the uh mo of the end of the movie that the the denouement of like this big final showdown is, is kind of like here is this meal and it, it's the whole thing it's like hearing a song live for the first time I'll re- i remember the first time i ever heard uh the song columbus avenue by amy mann live 
I knew that song perfectly years before the album came out because when I heard it live, I was like, that is a life-changing moment for me. I imagine that meal was the same sort of way. And to be able to have it recreated with the same passion, everything is just, just, it's fucking. Yeah, that's like the. be sitting there and thinking about uh, while he's taking care of his pig, while his life has kind of collapsed, every meal he's ever cooked, right? Like to remember it. Like, I I don't know if you guys have ever been in, in, in a kind of isolation for a while where you start thinking back to stuff and you start really actually like considering like, um, like I, I went, I went, when I was younger, I got like sent to a school upstate and like a lot of it was like very isolating. Like it was in Lake Placid or something and you couldn't really go anywhere. So I had time to think about like every decision I ever made that I, you know, regretted and every interaction I had before I went to this thing, it felt like you were almost in a time capsule. And yeah. I feel like Nicolas Cage's character in this is completely for 15 years, which this was for a year. Yeah, that's yeah. That's <laughs> where he's like, yeah, a decade and a half yeah. is what he was doing. Yeah. Right. And it, again, it's, it's all about processing uh, trauma or process. <laughs> scene uh that moment and like understanding the grief that you were in or anything like that uh and like the, the one the one other thing like about uh amir's dad um i love adam arkin but like the, the one yeah. the, the one thing that like really stood out to me was that whole too. yeah yeah he's great he's yeah, great he to is. hate he's really great. good and serious man too but like the, the his dad his dad is great to hate too his dad oh, brings oh, love to that yeah. yeah. Um, but like the, the thing that I like Jeff's is killing it tonight. This is great. They have all these uh, interactions with Amir in particular, and and even Robin, where they're on the other side of walls. They're outside of these walls. They're always framed in a certain way. Amir in particular is always on the outside of walls. And the thing that really stuck out to me is, again, like we're talking about art. Like, do you really love this art? Are you really getting satisfaction yeah. of this? Do you really like listening to classical music or do you just want to have the facade of enjoying classical music and that's why you're listening to someone explain what you're supposed to like about classical music? It's, <laughs> every right, small right. detail about that is fucking, it, it, it blows. The every, trappings in the style, man. Like yeah, that's man. like, every that's layer of this movie real. is perfect. Well, and, and they really, <laughs> they underline it when he's, uh, when he's in the mirror and he's, which Amir, Amir, I guess I just realized that, but he's in the uh, mirror and he's talking to himself and he's explaining like, well, you know, my my truffles are fresh. My dad's have been in there for three days. If you want it, you can go to what, like the other, uh, like Katie or something. Like I, and they never explained who that is, but he's like, this is what I bring to the table. This is my value. I get fresh truffles. Yeah. It's a script. So, yeah. yeah. So his, his dad's kind of stripped the one thing that he feels like is a value because he yeah. only sees his own uh, self as almost transactional. Because his father is a, you know, an asshole that sees people that way. But then you see him break down and you realize like this is an actual human being that just is, is also projecting this image of being uh, intimidating when he's kind of also kind of collapsing in a, in a different style of grief, I think. Well, and going back to, uh, you know, going back to the source, but like the beginning of the movie where he's like still trying to like find out what's going on. It goes to the, um, the, the woman like, you know, took my pig and like, what kind of pig? It's like truffle pig, and it's like it's on, like it's like, and it's it's like, oh yeah, that's like, no, 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 that's that's well, that's well over the line. That that's yeah. like my, my personal disdain for anybody and everybody, and my libertarian values that have led me to this place. No, no, that's. This is Anarcho primitivism, I think, is what they call it. That, that's that's the Sam Raimi primitivism, right? Anarcho primitivism. Ow. That's a Spider-Man, <laughs> Raimi. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Moment with the guy in the bridge, like throwing the something. Green Goblin's like, "What the hell? Like, what? 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 Who are you people? Like, it's well, it's it like that moment. Territorial, right? She's like, "You've been digging in my sights because yeah, yeah." And then she further. makes it about yeah. herself. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. <laughs> I love that scene so much. Like, because it's just like, 
like, well, do I care about this or do I not care? Oh, I care about this because it, it affects their bottom line. And but and also, then, like, is, what kind of like in context though, like, what kind of pig? Like, is he is he going to be like my slaughter pig? Like, you know what I mean? Like my yeah. Like, my, well, I don't care. Pig. That's your problem. That's not yeah. Like, you know, there's like well, my travel pig. Whatever. Oh fuck, that's 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 where I get because well, that's problem. also that's a livelihood, right? And yeah. like this is like that's not like something they do for fun. That's like literally but, their livelihood. Then but, okay, but it's also it's also not. It's a MacGuffin right. for the whole film because, like, it really is just about his love. It's about his replacement of I'm assuming is his wife because at the at the end, I'm not saying he's fucking the pig, but like I'm saying that <laughs> he like, explicitly he, states he didn't. Ross. No, you're right, but like just what you would say if you don't fuck if he didn't. This fuck is pig, his love say, because he says it, pig. Yeah, he he's not the da- he's not the David Cameron in this situation. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he Thank says you. flat out like it's not the pigs that find the truffles; it's the vegetation yeah. that you see, and so like. The whole like concept of I need this pig for my livelihood and stuff like that, that's something that you know he is he's outsmarted. And it's it's, it's like it's just a it's just a com- companion pig or a companion pig. I don't know. I was trying to make sure. a service it, it animal. In my yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to do a portman to you for that, but it was more like a portman don't. Well, yeah. I think that the, the thing that the, okay. the thing man <laughs> too. As that's all. Force case might actually. And be. finally, new but, rule: if you're gonna comport <laughs> man too, how about comport man, man don't? Don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's it's a narrative bait and switch to a certain degree because like you're you're led to believe, oh, this dude just I, does he just really like troubles? Like, what's his deal? Okay, you know, emotion, emotional support pick. There you go. Very yeah. true. Um, and then it's like, yeah, oh, no, it, it has to do with the fact that this is he has put all his emotional stock into this creature that he spends his life with. And it so happens that he's able to like maintain these weird smelly man. How about I, sometimes I see something like that. I'm like, I'm sure glad there wasn't smell of vision. You know what I mean? Like that, that place cannot smell good, but like it's, it's the emotional value of it. It's not, right. it's not the intrinsic uh, monetary value. Where everyone else is talking about money. And like, you know, again, like as you go to, to the fight club, like literally like, Hey, Here's you. Here's this much. If you can withstand this much, like everything, everything he offers, uh, uh, Arkin offers him. You know, he, he raises up the the offer up and up and up and up and up, and it's like twenty million. Ha ha, J.K. You know, like where it's like, right. there's so, got to be a price, and it's like, yeah, well, does there? Well, that I think that's part of it. So, you know, in in terms of processing their loss, you have Robin who replaces the loss of his wife with this pig. And like the, this animal, and then you have Amir replaces the loss of the presence of his mom with this business pursuit and this concept of success and this act. And then you have Amir's dad, who's replacing the loss of his wife, with how some people process the, these sort of losses through spite and through hate yeah. and through like actions of like like narcissism and stuff like that. So it's, accumulation it's, accumulation of power for its own reward. Exactly. Too. Exactly, and and there's like I, else, which is it's it's hollowed out at that point, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's nothing. There's nothing else behind it, which is kind of the same thing that I feel like, uh, you know, Robin's trying to explain to that chef, which is like yep. they don't even notice that you're there. Like in the same way that if you stopped financing restaurants by like the you know all the restaurants in town or whatever and flooding them with money, someone else would just come along and say uh, that's a great investment. Um, so that so that when the fr- the chef freaks out and is like, well, who wants to invest in the pub? It's like. Well, the emotional is the only thing that's really there. Like someone could just replace you as a chef or you as an owner of yeah. a restaurant within seconds. Like that, it's not going to collapse the economy of the town. Like you're not that good at it. You can't even cook the pasta correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As, as we established, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is it, which isn't like, 
like a effortless put down in the way that like the person doing the put down doesn't actually care about the results, which are the best kind. But just like, oh, because oh, like he's because like, he goes from being like the king of his castle into being like, you know, just another one of the mob at that point. And that's a and that starts that whole scene where you just see his his smile stays there. But like it starts stops oh. touching the eyes. And the, it's, it's incredible. The, the, so that that actor snakes. like like yeah. how he was not nominated for oh. even just that such short performance. I had never seen that dude before, but. His face is forever burned in my brain as one of the most effective performances I've ever seen in in a film. It, it yeah. floored me seeing that seeing yeah, that yeah. whole scene. Yeah, that that dude's rad. Come on the show, that dude. I'm yes, I, I feel like I've seen that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, maybe not. Everything he's in, I haven't seen. <laughs> he's probably like a like a local regional Portland like theater actor or something. Just like, like that. that guy. Apparently he was in. Apparently he was in uh, Turner and Hooch. Who's in Total Recall? Am I looking at the same guy? Wow. All right. I don't think so, we'll I, we'll I get was, our top was, researchers on it. Wait, anyway. which Total Recall? I think oh, that's Schwarzenegger. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. The Total Recall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he played Ernie. <laughs> we, we don't tolerate <laughs> hate speech. Maybe that's where I saw him because we watched that last year. Um, but uh, yeah, so I have I have uh, one more one more clip to play before we go to the letterbox one-liners and then I feel like the after party will be fun. Uh, are you going to stick around for the after party? Ross? Uh, I, I should be able to. Yeah. Unless, unless all hell breaks out loose with the kids upstairs, then yeah. All right, right. cool. Cause we, we get way more off topic on that. So I'm... Yeah. if you're like, Hey, this is great, but it's too on topic. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. No, don't worry. I'm, I'm already getting ready. I'm figuring out who Ernie is from total recall and uh, I'm ready to go. All right, so this is this is the uh, they're talking about talking about Doomsday the, Prepper. Um, Jay Andrews preparing all his off-topic ammunition right now. And I, and I have several more clips for the after party, by the way. But um, I wanted to do this as cool. the last one. This is the pignapping scene they're talking about. There, there was a thing that I found. And, I like that. Uh, I like how that was shot. I, I, I like the yeah. Uh, that could have gone a couple ways, and like I, I think that that. Yeah, well, go ahead, play it. I also, I also like the line. It's just the coyotes, girl. Because it reminds me of uh, we we get coyotes all the time here, including like ones that almost grabbed Audrey recently. Like they tried to oh. grab her from my mom's leash, and so like I've I've definitely like Audrey's freaked out before and like started barking at something, and I'm like it's just the coyotes girl. So I felt like that was my like <laughs> that was my Nicolas Cage emotional support pig moment. Oh, <laughs> pig we actually found through uh, Michael and I took some early scouts to Portland and toured a number of pig farms. And we found this breed of pig called the Cooney Cooney, which is a New Zealand breed. Um, and this particular little girl was named Brandy and just the cutest, most beautiful pig we had come across. And we decided to cast her as our lead, but she wasn't actually a trained movie pig. So she was just a pig living her, her life pleasantly out on a farm um, and then got kind of sucked into this production. So um, it took a little bit of attempting to train the pig so she could, you know, do the commands properly, but she ended up really working out great. It wasn't exactly a creative choice. It was just that we couldn't afford um, an acting pig. Um, but Brandy, you know, she was very, she was very authentically a pig. So I think that comes across. I mean, she was not in, in the, uh, pig attack scene, the pig napping scene, as as people have come to to call it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that scene was that scene was kind of an interesting meeting of lots of talents. That was Pat Scola, the DP, the cinematographer who, you know, just was like an Olympic athlete shooting that sequence because it was all one long take. 
Um, and he was just like doing the splits and getting all these crazy angles and having to keep up with all the action. That was a combination of Pat being incredible. And then Nick just, you know, we didn't have a ton of time to like rehearse the stunts. We were kind of just figuring it out as we went along and we had sort of talked to, um, to Lex Damus, the, the stunt coordinator about our ideas. And he had made some suggestions, but you know, we didn't, we just rehearsed for like 10 minutes before actually shooting it. Um, so Nick just knows how to take a punch. He knows how to take a fall. He's extremely, you know, just gifted in that. I mean, he's done plenty of action movies. And um, so he made that easy. I mean, it's, it was just one of those sequences that should have fallen apart and been extremely difficult, but it was hard, but we just kind of managed to do it because everyone was super talented and knew what they were doing. We were on a 20 day shoot in general. So everything had to be done with a lot of precision. There just wasn't time to go back and, and try things again or really rehearse in any way. So yeah, like Michael said, it really was just this meeting of everybody bringing their A game. The splits that our DP landed, that wasn't him just doing gymnastics on the side. He was actually operating in that scene. And so when he, he had to like drop down with the camera for the moment that Nick kind of collapses. And so when he did that, he literally landed in like a perfect split. <laughs> it was, it was quite something. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Like if you actually watch what's happening in the scene, there's a lot of like moving with Nick's perspective. So the camera will like tilt 180 degrees with him, and so it it wasn't just kind of like following the action. Like Pat was just right in there with it and falling on the ground sideways. I mean, it was it was kind of incredible that he he nailed that so well. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a well-shot scene. Like that could have been way more cliched, and it was not. It was badass. Yeah, no, no, it was. It was really just. It was intense too. Like, 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 you know, really brings you in. Oh, uh, with, with mm -hmm. that single shot, you know, as opposed to a bunch of cuts, which I always, I kind of hate. I guess why I love yeah. watching Chinese films is because they, you know, they 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 have the fight scenes with like a one long take, and it's just it's a good lesson to to take away from that to. to have a have a good you know, lay out the scenery. Have a good DP. You know, know yeah. what you're shooting. I mean, like I, I feel like people got addicted to the MTV edit for a while, and it was it has not aged well. Go to Hit what, Factory for that. Thank you. What watch any <laughs> watch a trailer for literally any movie that came out between 2000 and 2003, and be like, yeah. that is that is the absolute worst editing decisions yeah. that ever. Uh, every trailer you, looks the exact same. You know exactly when they that movie came out just by looking at it. Like, oh, oh yeah. It, like like Exi Existence, love that movie. Like yeah. very <laughs> timeless in terms of like Cronenberg movies, the way the whole yeah. movie looks, but the trailer is so uh, this uh, was was this on like right uh, uh, was this done by the same person that edited the Scream 2 trailer? Like it, it's right. just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like one person was like hired for all of these editor right. jobs and it's like and he was right, like on so much thing. coke, you know, and just made so many cuts and decisions. Well, they've 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 differed in how to sell movies I feel like for a while, right? Like cuz for a while they had like the the like um not even like the inner world guy. They're just like he's a guy that does this and then it's like it's like a little bit from the movie right. and then it feels more like you're being told like this is what the movie's about. You should go watch it rather yeah. than like seeing it, which is I think more what we're doing what, what what people are doing now where it's like, "Oh, I just saw a few minutes of like a crazy movie." Of course, now they kind of spoil like all the best moments for you and Yeah, now there's like, like here here's the movie. It looks yeah, like this. It's, it's like oh, single pian single piano note and then the entire <laughs> synopsis of a movie is usually how most trailers play out these days. <laughs> I, I'm glad Marvel worst, like man. does that, but they they actually films fake scenes uh, mm -hmm. for, just for the trailers, which uh, you know um, points for that. Uh, you know, I, I know Anchorman people did that. About I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Art of the if trailers. I, movie, I would, idea. I would, um, if I was like a, you know, if I was making a lot of money as a director and I had like all the things in the world, I would, uh, hire people that aren't in the movie, like famous actors, to like have one second in the trailer, so that people are like, oh wow, that's that's <laughs> that be a lot a of people in this. And then, and then it's it's an like, I didn't even see them once. Yeah, I didn't even see Nicolas Cage in this movie at all. <laughs> that's funny. I blinked. What? Did I miss Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, nope, I didn't. There's the syringe. Carol Kane's in this? Wow. <laughs> oh, she's in Star Trek now. I, oh, I saw. That's why I was thinking about Carol Kane. Yeah. Yes. Which, I, which I was like my friend who. I'm stoked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I know a lot of people and some people are like, oh, I don't know. Why don't you do it? I'm like, look, Tig Notaro was in Discovery, continues to be in Discovery. And honestly, probably one of the best characters. She, like, she, she's her. a phenomenal actress. And like, she, yeah. she's hilarious. And, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, did you see uh, Gotham? I have not. Okay. It's, Same for the after party. Yeah, honestly, only watch it for the performances. It's not a. Have good you show. seen the Harley? Like, I'm going to channel Christina. Have you seen the Harley Quinn cartoon yet? No, because I don't have HBO Plus. It's it's. Oh, talk it's, to me after fantastic. this. I can get I can get you HBO Plus. He's got a guy. <laughs> Just don't ask him how he got it. Okay, okay. I pay for it every month. <laughs> it's like how I got I IFC for that for a year. Guy. Well, I got um, an HBO Max guy. <laughs> uh, you ready for those letterbox one-liners? Call me, call me from a burner, and we'll get it sorted. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. Letterbox, of course, is a a place for film. It is a social media site for film lovers to talk at, with, and to each other about the films they love. Maybe the films that they didn't love, the films they were weirdly moved by, the films that they were weirdly horny for. Uh, all of these things. Of course, best expressed. Uh, well, when I saw that no, pig, what, you know what else could I? <laughs> Best Express, uh, you know, no Siskels, no Eberts, bottom-up democracy, everyone gets to have their say. Best Express in the working on your tight five in front of the brick wall at the comedy store. Uh, the classic one-liner format. These are the one-liners for the movie Pig. This might be Charlotte's Web for saddest pig movie. Not going to lie. <laughs> wow. That is... That is, that is it's, a, real. It's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a tie between this movie and Animal Farm. Yes, that's sad in a different way. Well, I, well, I mean, I guess, I guess they rewrote the the Orwell novel to. Never mind, we'll talk about it after party. Is, is there is there if, party is there is a is there a dark Babe root, uh, reboot coming up? Oh, I can't speak today. Sorry. Anyway, I blew that. Anyway, move on. <laughs> You're making me crazy. <laughs> You're making me crazy. Goddamn. Oh. Yep. There you go. Man, that's like it's like a dog commercial joke. I uh I, I I have a question which is like so the pig like the pig passed away as they're I mean spoiler alert as they're moving it did what what happened like he didn't ever ask what happened to the body like did did, did he chop it up and like sell it for bacon like it, I don't know I guess it's, he's better off not knowing <laughs> maybe he ate it at the uh at where it was like smoked and and like natural woods uh at, at that uh bougie place well, if you leave it out long enough dry. it releases the uh the tannins. Yes. <laughs> sometimes you the pig, sometimes you the bacon. Yo, that's true though. That is true. That's, that's nothing but facts on these letterbox one liners. Exactly. It's just <laughs> statements of facts is this one. Or bacon. <laughs> Taken more like bacon. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> okay, I, I legit love this one. Yes. <laughs> I don't know who you are and I don't know what you do, but I do have a plate of bacon. Uh, can where's my where's my pig? Where's my pig? <laughs> I I'm I, I'm very 
I'm very uh, I'm very impressed with Nicolas Cage's um, ability to, and his own money was on the line, so I'm I'm happy that he knew that and 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 acted accordingly. Literally acted accordingly. His understated performance in this, he could have easily taken it over the top. And seeing yeah. um seeing the director and the producer, his other producer, that are like you know very new at this, I don't think they would have been able to control over the top Nick Cage. So for him to actually have emotionally res- resonated with this enough to know that like there's a there's a understated performance you have to do. I mean, I assume a lot of the directors he works for when he does the full uh, the full Nicolas Cage, they're usually coked out and like this is a mo- movie we're doing for a bunch of money. Like we want Nicolas Cage to freak out, but I'm happy that they didn't do that in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've heard the lore of you know he says yes to pretty much anything that speaks to him in any which way, shape, or form, but. He shows up a lot of debt. He has like a pet octopus. Right. <laughs> and all those uh, dinosaur bones. But yeah. a pe- from what I've understood is he shows up on set and whatever he's doing, that's what you're getting. And like, if you're like, Hey, we're not doing it that way. He's like, all right, then I'm out. And I think uh, he's gone on record, you know, Joe, which is a really good uh, understated David Gordon green movie. Um, he always said that that was the character he related to a lot the most. Up until this movie, and he's gone on record saying that Robin from uh, uh, Pig is the movie that he most identifies with as a character, uh, and that, and I have that where he pulls his where, where I have the clip where he explains why and stuff uh, for the after okay. party, I guess. But cool. um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I just love that. Like some people look at it like it's a downside that like oh he's always taking stuff he doesn't care about his brand or whatever. It's like no, he likes he likes doing it. He yeah, likes he, doing it, and he's good at it. He's a, so, he's like a, like that we've been talking about in the movie. He is an artist, and uh, yeah. oftentimes misunderstood, and you know, uh, kind of an enigma of sorts. But like artists, you know, do do this weird shit because they are at heart weird people. I mean, we are weird people. Yep. He is a weird person, so. Yeah, makes sense. Weird, recognize weird, as they say. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a I have a great clip where he talks about um uh the, the actor that played Amir, whose name's slipping my head right now, but uh Alex, right, Wall. I mean, this, Alex yes. Wall, yeah. So I have I have a clip for the after party where where they're talking about like the how they resonated with each other and how he expected that um Alex Wolf after watching Hereditary was going to like uh rein him in in a way that he can actually like resonate with. Nice. Robville could kill a hundred gangsters if he wanted easy but john wick could never cook a killer meal to save everyone's life because <laughs> lots yeah. of john wick mentioned in in with this so I, I appreciate people turning their head and not just saying what if john wick but food yeah all right that's not clever buddy we, we get I, I i do appreciate that uh you're supposed to know that like robin feld throughout this movie is a person that you're supposed to like that that is important but that you don't know yet like you know what i mean like you don't know the, the backstory yeah. to it and i think that they do a good job not overstating it like robin feld the guy yeah <laughs> like, well, it, it's like he—he's a Anthony Bourdain type in the way that he was like became super well known for one thing, and then another thing. It's just what he does is live in a shack with a pig instead of, you know, run around Singapore and you know, whatever. But all right, would it, would it have been way. would it have been great if the for the bear instead of going from the best restaurant in the world to going to this tiny little hole in the wall Chicago, uh, mm-hmm. beef sandwich, beef sandwich place. He ended up going into the woods and had a relationship with the bear the same way that Nick Cage. (laughs) (laughs) But but it was actually just a gay guy with a beard. (laughs) All right, Andy. I was worried I would enjoy this because I don't like truffles, but that turned out not to be the case. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't really a truffle-heavy movie. For for all the that's Andy Levy, everybody. 
for all the truffle for all the uh the, the, the truffle lore that goes into it right like when he's in the mirror and stuff this is not a it's not a, a truffle heavy movie I'm, I'm happy about that Andy does very deadpan humor up oh, this is this is Lauren so I don't normally pull uh feature guests of the show except for it's very good so this is good if you love John Wick and you love first cow and you hate capitalism then pig will be your favorite movie of the year I do indeed hate capitalism. So that's that, that's our buddy Lauren, who was on uh, what was it, Ladybird? She was just on, right? We love Lauren. Yeah, Ladybird. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is for Ladybird. I like this. First cow is great. Uh, capitalism not great, and John Wick is great too. So yeah, yeah there you I, go. Check, <laughs> check and check. Why just four stars there? That that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Lauren, you must answer for this. <laughs> Yeah, come back on the show. We'll we'll have Ross and, and he'll uh, grill her about that. <laughs> Pig is John Wick for A24 fans. I back that. Yeah. yeah. No lies detected. The the shooting style really is too like the you know like not not focusing too much on the light like a lot of the scenes are incredibly like dark darkly lit like they're not afraid mm-hmm. to do that they're not afraid to um change it up with that like they're not afraid to have weird lighting sources. I feel like that's a very A24 uh <laughs> Well, style. it's like a uh, Lamb was advertised as like, oh, the one of the most groundbreaking horror movies I saw. I was like, this is not a fucking horror movie. Like, this is this is literally like a poem. And uh, I was mad about the misrepresentation from the trailer to the movie. And this is very much the same thing. This is pitched as an action movie in the trailer and it is very much uh, you know, a drama. And uh, but this one, this one works. Lamb, I could, I could just see some like film bro, like not film bro, but like some like uh frat bro, like sitting in the theater or something watching this and being like, I came here for John Wick, and now I'm like, you know, I'm grieving my fucking dead father. I didn't come here to what feel things. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have Lamb on the DVR, and I keep, I keep putting off watching it. But I'm, I'm Lamb, excited. first cow, pig, damn, there's so many, so so much barnyard. It's <laughs> a whole barnyard in here. It's crazy. <laughs> Brat voice, my pig. <laughs> this is my pig. At the end of the day, there's really nothing more to his life than the love shared between a man and his pig. That's true. I, that's the lesson I took from the Muppet movie as well. Yeah, well, hey, man. Oh, frog and his pig. That's what, that's what frog and his pig. Like we're not here to judge. <laughs> uh, anyway, those are the letterbox one-liners for the movie Pig. Please follow the Forrest Miller experience here moving extravaganza host of your show uh i of course i'm Kona neutron i'm all over that biz and i do a lot of like list and stuff i'm kind of re-picked up the criterion challenge too which is provided a lot of fodder for this show frankly uh and then of course jay andrew chef fighter world is watching all the weirdest stuff so you don't have to but he still will attempt to get you to watch it uh <laughs> sometimes we love that about it. him sometimes, sometimes it's I'll, worth it i'll find a gem exactly ross i think you you made an account a long time ago but i don't think you really use it right or is that someone else who called themselves rigs of dad his name ross what's that check news for letterbox are you you have, i feel like you have a letterbox oh, that that, that is me i i mean it's more ghost i i usually just kind of uh like peruse critics and uh people that whose opinions and curations i appreciate but i i haven't been <clears throat> as active as i like uh on my reviews, I do I do a lot of my review stuff on the uh, Rigs of Dead Patreon page with Ian Miller. Yeah, Previous, it's not a cross examination. Yeah. A simple no would be fine, but yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, <laughs> we're not here to judge. Okay, right. <laughs> we're not here to judge. Just just have a good time. Uh, of course, uh, Christina in absentia. I'm Christina doing all the uh, Christina Oaks things. Uh, you know, reviewing the giant. You will be back movies. on on uh, on Tuesday talking about Midsummer, and you won't. 
She's you're right. I'll be doing other you have, things. You have uh, you have beef now because of the uh, you know the Olivia Wilde movie. Uh, you know you and Florence, <laughs> you and Florence yeah. you have look, uh, look. Have, that's the that's real story. Pure, <laughs> that's pure, exactly yeah yeah it's, it's that's pure after party material. But let's do get into it. Uh, but of course, all the the lovely people. I'm gonna start doing this at the end since like, the plugs are a million years long anyway a, a lot of lovely people who are featured guests on this show do have letterbox accounts uh if you go to my letterbox for the the main list of it you can kind of go and follow them so follow everybody that unless they're dead to us follow them on <laughs> letterbox jnt <laughs> world take us away with the plugs Please. Right. right now we are on youtube so please do the youtube things like comment subscribe hit the bell and the big ask is to watch the video to the end because that helps other movie fans uh find us and you get to hear a great Conan Neutron song. So, you know, it's a win-win. really is. Um, follow us on Twitter at uh, Movie Night Extra. Um, you, we uh, post clips of the show. That one hasn't been taken show. down yet. <laughs> <laughs> we, watch, we've, we have clips of the show. And uh, you, 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 get to, you get to see some cool art. You get uh, some other stuff. Um, also, if you're on Twitter and you want to join our uh, Twitter community, we have a Twitter community where... Um, uh, I think it's mostly me posting, but it's ninety-five uh, percent you posting. Yes, yes. But, it's, it's, uh, but but I do. Maybe it will uh, change someday. But uh, you know, you know, we're we're growing it. Um, but but yeah. you know, like the fun thing is, is like I put up polls, which I forgot to do for this movie. Um, and it's always interesting to see, like, uh, you know, how many people have actually seen the the movie or not. So especially um, people that are on the show. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Because I think that's the only people answering it. It's like yeah. there are only four responses. How many people are in this group? Okay. Uh, 29 but like five of them are like suspended uh, forest accounts <laughs> too soon <laughs> you, you actually not a, soon enough not soon enough yeah. do a poll best dish from the movie Ooh. oh yeah. there we or, go or, or, or place you would place you would most want to eat at from the movie that that's why his show is way more popular than ours anyway go ahead Andy <laughs> yeah he, he gets the internet in ways we don't um, we do have True. a Patreon People, where you can have access. Like, people do like to say where they like to eat in a movie. You know, like they're like, yo, I would they eat do. there. Indeed, yes. and take pictures of their food. Um, but yes, we have a Patreon, and with our Patreon, you get access to uh our after parties, and you get that access as long as you're a patron or forever, uh, in some people's case. <laughs> I mean, who knows what the way that uh who knows what the way that Patreon's going. I guess they fired their entire cybersecurity team. Uh, a couple oh, for days real? ago. That's real. Yeah. So oh. they're not. <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, presumably they don't. Uh, you know, hire like uh Martin Schakelli or whatever the fuck you how you pronounce his name to really? Farmer Bro. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, Farmer Bro to like do their cybersecurity. We'll be on there. <laughs> have they made a biopic of that guy? I hope they don't make a biopic of that guy. I, well, they're really, going I to really hope they, they don't make a biopic of that guy. I really, really hope they don't. You know they uh, I just hope somebody breaks into his house and steals that Wu-Tang album and releases it for the people. Because exactly. Wu-Tang is for the children. He's the only guy less charismatic than Ben Shapiro that looks kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> like if they go out of the town, like Ben Shapiro is the charismatic one. See, this is why the place This is after forever. party material. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey. Uh, but speaking of plugs, Conan. The one time you, I engage with a Ben Shapiro thing, like, and I was yes. like, "What? Nothing? Okay, great." Um, you just had uh, Toshi uh, Kasai on Protonic yes. Reversal. Yes, yes, super producer Toshi Kasai, who also has the incredible Plan D and um, 
uh, has done an incredible, uh, kind of mostly acoustic, interesting like bossa nova record. Uh, it's really good. And he is uh, one of my favorite people. And I'm not just saying that because he produces all my stuff. He, he's a, he's just a joy. He's a very interesting person. Anybody into music and creativity can, I think it's something out of that conversation. So, exactly. of course, I think that's my fucking show. But anyway, that's <laughs> 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 oh, great. But you can oh, get uh, dangerous nomenclature on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, oh, oh, he's uh, gonna oh, pull oh, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, excuse me, while I whip this out. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, man, we uh, got it right here. So it's it's on vinyl. Nice. There, there it is. I'll, if you pre-ordered it, calm the fuck down. It's been shipped. <laughs> <laughs> and also, thank you. But also, calm the fuck down. Uh, yeah, and um, very excited. Oh, the oh the video for the commuter that Mark Borchardt did is uh, coming out Monday. Too. Nice, nice. Huh. Yes, former guest. Friend I of the had show. a Mark blast Borchardt. chatting with him. Uh, but that's awesome. a whole other story. Sure um, is. Keep going. Yes, I'm not made out of time. A, Let's go. Yeah, no, no. Action chief. Uh, See, it's funny because it's my plugs. Well, we were on my plugs. That's yes. why that's funny. Everybody catch that. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we got the joke going. Uh, but yeah, Action Sometimes Chief. Sometimes it's better if you solos. explain it. We keep plugging that. We'll plug it again. Action Chief, just the solos. I'll say that one more time. For those in the back, Action Chief, just the solos. Kill it. Uh, by the way, the tentative title of the, of the second record, and this is all Joe Cannon, I can't take credit for it, our solo record, which I think is amazing. I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. Nice. Amazing. Yeah, and uh, you got a bunch of tour dates coming up. I know uh, it starts off in uh, so SoCal, right? No, Nevada, Nevada. It's it's lot it's Las Vegas, Anaheim, Las Vegas, and Oakland. Then maybe I'll hang out with John Barber. Shelter Cove, California, oh, Eugene, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, yeah. <laughs> Seattle, Missoula, Casper, Wyoming, and Denver, Colorado. Yeah, that's right. I did it. I didn't know. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, how, he's got dates with the weirdos and Kluskies. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would I, I, I would say get tickets in advance. Get tickets in advance because like McCluskey reunion is like a huge fucking deal. Like thank you, Ross. Deal. I was trying yeah. to explain what a big deal this was, and the guy's like, No, that's great. That's awesome. No, I, no, you don't you don't understand that this is a big deal. I love future of the left, like I think just because I think the output is just phenomenal. But McCluskey yeah. getting back together is it's pretty Absurd. momentous. It, it, it's yeah. huge. That is that is huge. And the weirdos. I mean, and the weirdos. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, like I was saying, they got to play. We've got the neutron bomb. I'm right there. Come on. They played with uh, they they played with Coldplay and the Muppets one time. <laughs> I saw today when I typed in the weirdos, they were on a. Really? Yeah, that's had, real. Like, yeah, that's real. Wow. Okay. Well. Okay. Learned something new today. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honestly at a loss for words, which rarely happens in this show, as alert viewers will know. Oh, well, I, they, they were on Jimmy Fallon, I think. Oh, we have oh, Action Chief CDs, too. No wonder I missed it. That. Oh, nice. <laughs> Action Chief CDs. We got them. And if you order one that they've gone out. Yeah. And uh, Christina's not here, but, you know, please check out her Twitch channel. It's it's always fantastic. Always uh, uh, wonderful. Um, to uh, Christina on Twitch. Uh, and on Twitter, and Christina also, will be uh, Patreon. <laughs> Christina will be the role of Kona Neutron. We played by Christina Oaks. Uh, no, for for the shows I'm out for, I think she's going to do Letterbox one liners. So I talked to her about it. So I would 
be very interested to see how that turns out. But Christina is great, and we love her very much. So there you go. And uh, Ross has Rig of Dads, not Pig of Dads, uh, which is a totally different show. It's plural, <laughs> first of all. So it's Rigs of Dad. You said Rig oh. of Dads. Okay. See, wait, I wrote it down. It took him, Ross, it took him like four shows to get just the solos as an album title. <laughs> By the way, I guess it wasn't really there the weirdo. I, I wrote it down I, wrong, so it's my fault. Perfect. I, I, I love it. Love it. Coldplay, Coldplay created their own Muppet band called the Weirdos, I guess, to try to like capitalize. Oh, on I, I gotta say, Coldplay and Weirdos. That was like that's weird. Okay. So they have, so they made Those. a Muppet, they made an all Muppet band. But I was trying to like find something to plug the thing with, and then I guess it's a it's a Coldplay thing that they fucking stole the name of it to do that on Jimmy Fallon. So I was Ooh, wrong about that. Coldplay, yeah. Coldplay <laughs> and Jimmy Fallon together, and I missed it. Wow. God damn it. <laughs> it's a cavalcade of mediocrity. Anyway, America's not uh, playing their best. They're not, uh, they're not playing their best to like to late night TV. <laughs> Ross, rigs of uh, dad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, plug uh, rigs of dad. Uh, follow. You can leave Instagram. it to Andy. We'll be here for like twenty more minutes. But yeah, uh, it, it's just follow uh, follow rigs of dad on Instagram if you want really. Uh, specific weird uh, fiction about the glorious uh, part of the country known as Pudgemont County that a lot of people forget about, uh, overlooked part of the country. Uh, people are talking it about is, it more and more. Actually. Yeah, it is. Uh, the divorce rate is 99%. Uh, it is just a beautiful <laughs> part of land where uh, divorce core is the main style of music. It is awesome. <laughs> uh, I do a podcast uh, every week with previous guests on this show, Ian Miller of Kowloon Walled City, Strange Light, many other incredible bands. I think he's in 32 bands at the moment. Um, it's, it's, he's one of those guys. It was him and Rubalcaba uh, from Hot Snakes and Earthless and all that, where I was like, I'm just, I, I can't put every band on here. There'll be no room for anything other than you know, just that information. There's no way. Yeah. I got um, like five in. I felt pretty good about myself. I'm like, that's good. Nice. And uh, the, um, yeah, I mean, we, we do a podcast where we talk about films. We call it Film Basics with Basis That Love Film uh, because we both play bass and there's really no more qualified people in the world than bass players to talk about film uh so we do uh every week we either do kind of you know a, a lot of different ways of curating films i think that so many people get sucked up in the algorithm of things whether it's netflix or hulu suggesting you should watch this or something like that, that i think like personal curation as you said letterbox that is that is a perfect example if you find the voices that you relate to and you curate your watch list on that. Uh, Edgar Wright is a fantastic person to kind of oh, look at for curation. Uh, Conan, you, I mentioned to you the other day, you had uh, like this tweet and I'll put my favorite movie of the year. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. That means 10 for yeah, 10, yeah. 10 for 10, like, like the same exact films, my favorite film. So, undefeated yeah great minds think alike um that's a fun one uh we're also doing a deep dive on the vh1 uh oh! short-lived television show bands of bands on the run uh we just did an episode today that i'm, I'm very Look, uh, i want in i want anxiously in. excited about and, uh, and and you know i do but i want in i want in. yeah 100 uh, we we just <laughs> it, it's not out there yet it'll be out in the episode that drops uh within the next uh week or two but uh we're, we're, we're actually, doing a lot of driving i'll listen to it nice we we connected with uh rachel of the band harlow and she will be coming on uh the podcast at some point <laughs> to talk about this uh weird fascinating television legend. show yeah. legend 
Legend. By the way, so, the the podcast is good. I I, I listen. To it. I think it's oh, actually thanks, one man. of the one of the one of the best movie shows. I mean, I know I've said that to you privately, but I'm saying it on our show. Yeah, so I mean, we turn this off and listen to that. We we do movies, but also for music dorks. Uh, you know, there are uh, yeah. regular interviews. Uh, I've had. I just it's like out. a split between the sh- this show that I'm on and my show. It's kind of amazing. Of course, I like. Yeah, it, very much. <laughs> Again, great minds think alike. Um, but uh, Evan uh, Phelps from Holy Fawn was just on. Uh, Holy Fawn just put out an amazing record today that i absolutely love and it was just awesome talking to him uh and there's been some really great uh interviews with with really fantastic musicians and uh creators riley stearns was the first filmmaker we had on that i, I that was, was very excited awesome about. and that actually made me seek out the other riley stearns movies which thank you for oh now please watch riley stern movies i mean yeah. it's such a unique special blunt voice uh in film that i wish there was a lot more of because uh, dual fucking rips and I, I uh, love I mean I love Karen art of self defense so, yeah. is like that's that's the art sweet spot for me yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah for sure but thank yeah. you for having me up uh, and and letting me plug this nonsense <laughs> yeah like like um, I said since Andy got the name of the show wrong I figured I was kicking you. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it wasn't going to get any better. You know what I mean? You know, honestly, I'm we only doing Andy. the plugs because nobody else was doing any kind of plugs. So, so I, I kind of stepped up, and um, it's a hot it's, mess. But is that like is that like saying I'm not the stepdad? I'm the dad that stepped up. Yes. Ah, that's me. I'm not the plugs guy. I'm just the plugs guy. Who stepped that's, up. That is such like a T-shirt you'd see at like a like yeah. That's where I got it from. HGTV. I, got it. Like, I, got it I thought from you were gonna say it on your show. page. I thought you'd see it. You'd see it on the Brings of Dad Instagram. Page. No, I I uh I got it from a picture of a T-shirt. <laughs> nice with like a quilter in the background and like sandals and like mm-hmm. you know, board shorts and like uh I mean I can paint um, a picture in my head right now. But yeah, continuing on with Ross, we uh we do we do um you know these. Uh, final thoughts you just uh you know summarize anything you didn't get to say or anything you want to say of course if you're coming out for the after party then you got another hour to say whatever if you don't think of it right now but uh yeah uh me the final yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you 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 go first because you're the guest uh on the movie as a whole i mean i could i i could go on for another hour about this movie this movie is incredible we, uh, well don't to. keep it to like two <laughs> minutes yeah, yeah uh don't honestly um uh, don't watch the trailer for this movie if you've never seen this movie. Watch this movie uh, expecting uh, kind of just a long therapy session of sorts in terms of how three different but very similar people wrestle with similar griefs, traumas, and everything. And I, if, if someone finds a way to describe a movie like this without the word meditation, I would love it if we just stopped doing that as a whole in terms of film mm-hmm. critics immediately being like this is a meditation on grief or trauma sadly that's what this is but i mean it, it's beautiful new movie. rule Perfect. people yeah new rule <laughs> we had a new rule today and no finally- more no more fake band encores that's that's my big number one rule that i've been pushing mm-hmm. hardcore no more that's fake good. band encores hate that shit yeah though well, that's the please clap of uh of of uh, uh you know like of, 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 of like when you, when you get on there you're like anybody want to give what anybody want me to uh do oh, play oh. more oh, do, oh you, do, want do more? you want me to play oh, more like oh, oh. i think i see oh, a I guy thought, back I there that was the jeb bush reference the please no, oh, no, no it, it, it was okay, okay. okay. Sorry. But, yeah was. but it's the please like when he's like you know like you finish your song or whatever you finish your set and then you're like Oh, should Encore? we go? Of course, should I? Should we, uh, oh, uh, uh, well, uh, oh, oh, I guess we gotta go. There's, been, there's a guy back the, there. 
we know you're gonna play won't get fooled again or whatever it is you know like just fucking do it now man jesus christ please clap i love that there, there, you, I mean, there's probably a band called that right it has to be i mean that meme was like perfectly di- by, by the way i love that like how just jeb bush got bodied in that election is one of the I and mean, we talked about that i think on vice right but like i mean there was nothing we good about, about that. Like, like two weeks ago, I, we talked about that on a random episode because I had just gone and voted, and then we just talked about that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Still like it. I mean, like it couldn't have happened to like like just a guy that became a laughing stock that was like, oh, that guy, oh, he's the one to watch out for, and it's just like, oh, he got just he got dusted. Somewhere, so, somewhere there's a there's a town where it's Ben Shapiro, Jeb Bush, Martin Shkreli, and their roommates. And it's a show on uh starting on CBS on Truth on Truth Social yeah O A N yeah oh, I found a police clap O-A-N. band uh from uh, Portland uh is, is from Portland. Portland. <laughs> from Portland maybe I'll see if I can get him on the show yeah. yes um but uh but yeah Conan you know uh, yeah look you're not wait you're not going to be with us for a while so I hope these final thoughts are are you know. Uh, two week worthy. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna satiate our soul with like the food of your mouth. I want to hear this movie get deconstructed. Look, look, much, much, much like our Lord, I will be with you always. But uh, yeah, you know, this is a tremendous story about a dude and his pig. You know, it's also about being an artist and giving a damn about anything, and that's uh, worth the. It's worth the right just to see that we talked about that scene earlier. Uh, you know, the, that chef getting. Disoriented in that uh, soulless, expensive New Age restaurant, and and you get to see that smile just, you know, like it, like it just leaves his eyes, and he almost like psychically melts while it's happening, um, and it just, and he just reminds him of this English pub was what he really wanted to do, what he really opened. He's just, and then like, and he becomes a mediocre prep cook in that scene, and it is astounding, and it's how I knew that this was you know real shit. Like I said, this this was cinema at that point. I mean, you get to see. Something like that, which is a linchpin to the movie. Uh, you know, it's almost like Jarmouche-like in this patience, I would say, in a lot of ways, this movie. Uh, but it, it, I love that at any moment in time, you're like, oh, it's going to get crazy. Is it going to go all, it's going to go all John Wick here. And like, I, I I like the restraint for it. And it's it's the right move because it makes it a more special movie. And Cage is honestly just astounding here. I mean, this movie, it's about love. You know, and some of it's like platonic love between a man and his pig. We adequately established that earlier on. Uh, and, but how can pig? <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> it also is about how it can be wrenched away from you at a moment's notice. It's 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 very devastating. It's special, and uh, you know we don't get a lot of things to really care about. Ugh. Yes, yes, please. Yes, great film. Everyone should watch it. Don't watch the trailer, but watch the movie. Great <laughs> thrust on that. <laughs> All right, Andy, don't take us too far off topic. We we have a after party coming up. <laughs> no, I I mean uh, th- this movie. Um, I I just uh, just before the show, I got to see a uh, uh, an exhibit of uh, Leonard uh, uh, Bash uh, Bashkin. Oh, awesome! You're already. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a, bring this right back. He's um, gonna do it. He's gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> bringing it right back but um uh you know i, I had uh spent uh, i had uh, lost a uh, a girlfriend and a comic book art museum in a matter of months and uh i was i was in a depression and his uh his artwork actually inspired me to come out of that hole that that i was in um and uh this movie 
much like Nashkin's work, of, you know, at that at that low point in my life, um, uh, you know, I, I was relating to it like like I'm sitting there, uh, you know, uh, looking at his work, hearing his friend talk about the uh, the, the the man's work, um, and it really it really was, uh, you know, <laughs> inspiration and and the sorrow that I felt. And this this isn't working, is it? I had it all worked out. It is not. Okay, well, we're going to go to the after party. Um. You know what, Andy? Look, man, we have fun here. I I have a lot of fun at your expense as the audience's proxy, but I I do love you, man. So just I want you to know that. Yeah, no, there, there, there was a this very serious, though. Like, like, I really was at kind of a low point. Uh, I had like a creative lull. Uh, but uh, something about um, uh, Bashkin's artwork inspired me. And I think somehow like this movie, Pig, you know, this this quest that Nicolas Cage is on is mm-hmm. is partly, you know, uh, about like sparking that same inspiration that 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 once fueled yeah. him. So you See, got there, people. Lay, yeah. off him. Lay off him. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was coming. <laughs> I'm people. <laughs> it's me. I'm people. Um, yeah. So even so the chat, gonna... I mean, the chat's getting in on, on it. It's fine. Leave him alone, people. <laughs> uh, you know, in about 10, 10 or so minutes, we'll be in the after party. Um, you know, movie day extravaganza. Like this video. Uh, share it all around. Um, you know, let let it let it live. Unlike Queen Elizabeth, who of course is now dead. <laughs> but um, I my final my final words my final quote on this is i remember every meal i ever cooked i remember every person i ever served